0: All right, and uh, welcome to Coal Region Discontent. Uh, here on the episode today, we're going to have a, a former councilman, uh, Joseph Lashinsky from Shemokin. Uh Before we get started, Joe, I have to ask you if legally I can record this conversation due to the <laughs> two-party consent law here in Pennsylvania, but I'm sure you already know all about that.
1: Yeah, I know all about that. See, you got to ask for the permission first. You got it. <laughs> We know all about but, those uh, two-party consents uh, down here in Shimokin.
0: Yeah, it seems like a lot of people like to use them to their advantage and to your disadvantage whenever they say something they don't want well, anybody else to hear.
1: Only politicians. <laughs> they don't like being recorded for some reason. I don't know.
0: Well, you know, I was got told if you don't got nothing good to say, don't say it. So, uh, I mean, there's been a lot going on with you the last month here, uh, here in uh, <laughs> Northumberland County. Let's just call nah. it Northumberland County, even though it's Shimokan, because that's the DA that decided to make your life a little difficult.
1: Well, it's been a crazy uh, last couple of years, but more recently, the last uh, three months or so, um, it's been an up and down ride here. And, you know, what happened there last month, uh, at the end of the month there was, uh, wrong, and uh, we got to find a way to make it right. And uh, I'm just hoping that with the current process that's going on right now, our current administration that's in there will support upholding uh, the election results and the voice of the people of Shimokin. Um, they have until April 29th to um, appoint a replacement uh, for my seat and. If they don't, it goes to a county judge for appointment. And I disagree with that because there you'll have somebody who does not reside in the city of Shemokin uh, choosing who sits in the. Um, but um, my main concern is that they uphold the the voice and the will of the people and uphold the election results.
0: Well, yeah, all and, and for all the listeners out there that um, are just tuning in, they don't. Um, what happened was last month, um, the district attorney Tony Mandelevich, here in Northumberland County decided to use a law from 1878 uh to remove uh Joseph from being a councilman. He was elected very, very open about his uh about his crime. In fact, it was pretty much part of his campaign. There was no way it wasn't with all the media coverage about it, and everyone trying to trying to use it to defame him and try to defame uh, his associate, Mr. Ulrich, just because they were associates. Uh, so he was removed from office by somebody who does not live in the area, just the DA of Northumberland County. And like I said, he used a very old law for say, stating that nobody can hold public office, local public office, anyway, without uh, with having an infamous crime. And uh, I don't know if you want to tell anybody a little bit about because you were open about it right you were
1: yeah i've been i've been open about it um i I recently did an interview um with north central pa uh their midday show and um jeff everett from the show kind of hit the nail on the head when he said you know most people campaign when they campaign they keep they want to keep as much in the closet as possible and then uh only address things briefly when they come out um, but my campaign was the exact opposite. Um, I ran a average Joe campaign, um, a guy who, like everybody else, made mistakes in their life and, you know, uh, did the best they could and to turn their life around. And um, it was, uh, you know, a, t- a tough road for the last 13 years because you, you can't come out and say that you know, you've been rehabilitated and put a timeline on it um, because it. You got to make decisions in a positive way every day uh, to keep that going because one move can can send you back. And uh, I was open about it during the campaign. I sent uh, letters to every household in Shimokan that had a registered voter in it, um, explaining who I was, what I was about. And what they were going to get from um, myself and Mayor Ulrich, um, but to comment even on your um, saying about the media using it as a tactic and trolls on on the internet using it as a tactic to try to shame me—I mean, that didn't seem to work out too well because um, Mr. Ulrich ran won in a landslide, and you know, I uh, defeated my opponent that was underneath me in uh, third place was in politics for most of his, most of his life. So, uh, the people spoke, they wanted a change and I mean, that's exactly what they got. And, um, the, the Canada was, I had an awesome campaign. Uh, it was a lot different from, uh, my previous campaigns. Um, but this one here, I just, I did a lot more, um, I said I would reach every voter I did. Uh, I showed up to all events that I could, um, and just connected with people, uh, never acted like I was better than anyone or acted like, you know, talk down to people. Like you see, sometimes there's a lot of candidates that run for office and they act like they know everything and they're better than everybody. I mean, that wasn't, that's never been me. And, um, I, I just, that's how I connected with people and just put everything out there on the table. And what I said uh, they were going to get uh, while I was there, they got, and I'm hoping that um, some point here uh, that can continue. Uh, again, that's right now it's going to be in the, the city council mayor's hands um, to decide. And that's who should be deciding uh, somebody from outside the area should not be deciding, but uh I'm a little worried when we have eight days until that deadline for them to make a decision. And I mean, there's been no public to speak about this at all. Um, any of the candidates except for a a news article that came out, which, um, you know, mentioned the the candidates and then the rest of the article went on about my background and, and all that other stuff. Hey, I mean, when it first came out, um, politically, um, was day one, uh, in 2017, when I became an official candidate for mayor, um, that's how the news item introduced me. You know, it was this guy, retired police officer, uh, this guy, business owner, this guy, landlord, Joe convicted felon. Um, so they <laughs> hit me right off the bat. And I mean, it was, I thought it was horrible and bad taste. Um, but I, I knew it was coming. I came clean about it beforehand. Um, before I officially qualified for the ballot on my Facebook and, you know, got a positive response, but being new in the, in the political realm, I had a lot to learn and, you know, was defeated by mayor Brown and ran for council in 19 and was defeated in the primary by 32 votes. And this time I had a lot more time to lay out a plan. I learned from my mistakes in campaigning and, you know, just reach as many people as you can. And that's what people want. They want to be connected. Um, they don't want somebody who's going to give them lip service. And I think that's why they voted for a change. And they were willing to take the risk on me because, I mean, you got to the point here where, I mean, how much worse can it get? And they were looking for a serious change. And, I mean, the time I was there, I I did the best I could with what I had to work with and got the uh, help uh, other council members with their departments who needed help. Uh, and I mean, it, I had a lot of fun doing it and I, I wish things wouldn't have happened the way they were here, but you, you can't, I don't see the, the purpose of letting somebody run, you know, um, and it was a total undermine of the voters here. Um, when the news outlets locally would contact a district attorney you know, they would say, "Hey, if the guy won, would he remove? Would you remove him, or you know, would you pursue the quo warranto and you know, he wouldn't answer the phone or he'd give no comment. Yeah, and to me, that that gave the signal that because he didn't have to do this. This was totally optional. Um, there was also other options for him too. Uh, would be to kick it to the attorney general's office, um, but. You know, regardless, he can tell people what he wants to tell people. You know, I I hear people come to me and say, well, he didn't really want to do it. Listen, if he didn't want to do it, he didn't have to do it. But what happened here was he let a guy run. He let him spend $5,200 in the election. And the guy won. And then you say, you know what? Well, we don't like the guy. So now we're going to file this paperwork and we're going to go off a law that's 150 years old. Um, and just to give people just to give people uh, uh, who are listening, who aren't familiar, um, I'm going to go in a little bit with this. Um, the amount that I got caught it was cocaine. Uh, it was 2008. It was 14 years ago. I didn't fight it. I admitted my wrongs. And just to let uh, listeners know um, what the amount was would be the same as the size of a, t- of a round Tylenol pill. Um, that's the amount that I, I gave to an informant. I mean, it didn't go into the streets. It didn't go into somebody. You know, it went right through. And I'm not making excuses, um, but to say that the crime was infamous, when two weeks ago in the district magistrate section of the news item, he dropped a similar charge a PWID, which is possession with intent to deliver of heroin and fentanyl um, at John Gembick's office. And he was the district attorney. Prosecuting the case, and I don't care what the circumstances. If a week before that you're going to consider it a serious and infamous crime, then how can you drop it a week later at the magistrate? I mean, this guy's elections up next year in 2023, and if there's any uh young attorneys out there that want to make $180,000 a year, uh get in touch with me.
0: Well, I mean, to back up a little bit here, like you said, it's a, it's a law from 150 years ago, and it just seems like it it's being used and misinterpreted to use to their advantage. kind of like they're, they're like ace in the hole or they're, you know, in their pocket. So, I mean, who's to say that they couldn't use this to their advantage uh, and not just to your disadvantage. Like who's to say they couldn't prop somebody up, say somebody like yourself to run knowing that everybody liked them and knowing that everybody would vote them in just so they could get him in to remove him from office to appoint the person that they know nobody would vote for, but they want him because they'll play ball with them.
1: Well, I mean, if you if you look at the, look at the field of eight that put in, and that's exactly what he did. You know, it was totally, he totally undermined the voters here. And I want people to remember that next year when they go to the polls uh, to vote because the district attorney race will be on the ballot. The Northumberland County commissioners uh, will be on the ballot. Um, that this is what I would need people to to understand about this. Th- this guy is very soft on drugs, um, on crime. I mean, he's been in office for seven years, and I believe he's won two trials. So you figure that one hundred and eighty thousand dollars a year. Made over a million dollars since he's been in office, taxpayer money, and that's not what the county pays him. That's a, like across the state. That's what he he has that row office gets paid um, throughout the state. So, um, I mean, to set that's exactly what's happening here. Um, I I know for a fact, and I called it out on my Facebook, which is why I believe our city council um, has not. Um, made the call yet to have a special meeting to appoint because I blew their plan up. Um, the plan was to appoint uh, one of the two former mayors. Um, but you got to also remember this. I, I think that, and now they're backing out of it because not only did they promise me the seat, they promised my wife the seat, they promised Mayor Brown the seat, they promised Mayor Milbrand the seat. You know that they promised so many people this seat. And, you know, I, I think they're at the point now where and it's the truth. I mean, I'm only speaking the truth and transparency is, is number one, uh, always with me. Um, I think they're afraid to make the appointment because they don't want to make anyone else mad at them. So they're going to let somebody who doesn't even live here, make the appointment, but don't be surprised if there's some kind of finagling going on when it gets to the County, we'll wait to see who the judge is that sits in on this. And then, uh, we'll go from there. Like you said, you have a, you're, you're able to
0: appeal this decision that was made by um, Judge Saylor and, uh, and fought for uh, by Tony Mandeleevich. You're, you're able to appeal this decision. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's, that's correct. And I I did meet with um, a, a legendary, I posted on my Facebook. The guy is a total legend in Pennsylvania with election law and trial work. I mean, I walked in Sam's office and, you know, he had files just everywhere. Um, if you took every attorney in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and, um, put them all together and added 300 to it, to their trial total, it still wouldn't equal, uh, what he's done in his lifetime. And the man is very brilliant. He's taken, he actually tried the Griffin case, um, uh, where they deemed that all felonies were infamous crimes. um, He's been in the Supreme Court. He's been in the Commonwealth Court, the Superior Court. Um, I still have about eight days to make a decision on that. Um, it's going to be um, – it would, it would probably be a quick process. And unfortunately, um, I'm, weighing, I'm weighing a couple different options here um, because, I mean, yes, I could appeal – Uh, The appeal process is tens of thousands of dollars um, just to climb the rung. And nobody realistically even has to take up uh, your case. Um, There are other cases where this has happened in 2021. You see it happening all over the state. Um, uh, I have a friend uh, actually kind of crazy. There was a a woman who reached out to me, uh, found me on Google and Um, she's in a similar situation that I'm in. Um, she pled guilty to a felony, um, last year during her campaign from a case that was, uh, over seven years old, um, and pled to a felony and won the mayor's seat in Austin, Pennsylvania. And, uh, their district attorney has filed paperwork against her. Uh, and her boyfriend who won a council seat in Austin as well. Um, they're from the Libertarian Party. Um, and they, um, they have a hearing coming up May 12th uh, in Potter County. And I will be traveling three hours away uh, to Potter County to support Kate and Andy because um, even so, you look back on Article 2, Section 7, it lays out, Uh, the crimes in there that they were um, basically referring to when they wrote the const And in the constitution, it doesn't state that all felonies are infamous crimes. You know, that was an opinion from a judge Supreme court judge uh, that made that ruling, but it's not an article Two, section seven. Those crimes are listed directly in there, you know, money laundering, embezzlement, Things like that, stuff I've never been convicted of. Basically what the crafters wanted because they couldn't have meant cocaine. Or or you know, the cocaine wasn't a a crime back then. So how could the people who wrote article two, section seven, intended it to be, you know, what I was in trouble for? And like I said, I never ran from it or made excuses, but man, that that's a very when you say and you say all felonies are infamous crimes. I Why mean I, I disagree with that heavily. There's certain things that are like immortal crimes and there there's things that are, you know, um I mean for instance
0: A certain amount of tax a uh, certain price worth of tax evasion is a is a federal is a felony. Like there's so many different things anymore. There's so many laws that change every day. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense and and for one, with you being open about it, like I, my stance on this is yeah, there's a law. There is a law, okay And if you want to interpret the law the way they want to interpret it, but they can't this is where me and um, me and certain political parties differ like with the Republican Party. I mean I, I vote Republican, but I'm not completely Republican. I'm more of a conservative or a civil libertarian, but I don't care if the person was a murderer that the pr- people voted in. If the people voted them in, the people voted them in well knowing everything about that. Because your peers are your best judge of character. Like that's why we get judged by a jury of our peers, not by just some judge or just some district attorney that decides to interpret the law to use to their benefit or use to their own political party's benefit or the one that they won't admit that they're a part of. It's it it just doesn't it might make any sense to me. Like like I said, they they could use it to their advantage. They let you run. It it might be a felony, but it like I said, if they're gonna take people's rights away, like say with felonies, you're not allowed to own a a firearm. You're not allowed to do certain things with uh, schools. You're not you're not allowed to hold public office in Pennsylvania. You can hold federal office because if you hold federal office, the Congress has the votes to remove you if you win. But on a local and public level, it's like they're ace in the hole. I think they If need I to were do to it. run
1: for U.S. Senate or U.S. Congress and won the seat, there's no federal law in the books that they could remove me, even though if I resided still in the same home on East Pine Street that I resided in now that I won a city council seat in. If I were to win a U.S. seat for Senate or Congress and work in D.C. like that, there's no law in the books there to remove me. They could not remove me. Nobody could remove me. I would be able to serve it's bizarre how it, it's just and, there, and there's no way that the crafters of the constitution you know um you say interpret law there's no way that they wrote this in the hopes that it could be used to a political advantage now tony is a a, um, a liberal-minded rhino republican he was a democrat for a long time i was a democrat in the past too but you know, I never – I don't shame Democrats or – when I say liberal, I I, I don't refer to – most people refer to Democrat or whatever. My definition of referring to this, these politicians as liberals are, are the, the crazy-minded, just do whatever you want and, and have no no regard for any of this. Like this election – More. These elections are – are sacred. I mean, they the crafters of the constitution didn't intend to use it to say, well, let's play with voters and let them go out and vote and believe their vote counts. And then, you know, the guy gets in office that, "Mm, man, I don't like him, you know, or whatever to say that you were, I was causing irreparable harm is the language in the law. And to use that to say that I was causing irreparable harm, that man has caused more irreparable harm to all the communities in Northumberland County because of his record. He loses DAs DA's constantly because he doesn't go to work. If he went to work and took on some of the load that he passes off to his assistants who make a third of the money he does, maybe he would be able to keep people. But you you make $180,000, you got to set an example. And to say that I did harm to this community, he does more harm every single time he goes to court by making these plea deals and allowing people to come out and continue the same cycle. People are dying in our communities because he's allowing dealers, not users. Users are sitting in jail. Meanwhile, dealers are out free roaming the streets. And well, I don't believe that's right. Well,
0: I mean, it almost seems like he uses it to a, a another political advantage, so it, he can cook the numbers up, so it doesn't seem like there's a real problem here. But there's a lot of there's a lot of people in our state and outside of our state that know there's a real problem around here. I mean, you can find videos and data online and YouTube and and da- at anywhere Twitter, you can find things like that talk about the worst places in Pennsylvania to live. I mean by far, I just put a statistic out there that says we have a higher crime rate than than the national average per capita in here in Shemokin, PA.
1: If you go on Google and you type in uh, crime rates for Shemokin, PA, NeighborhoodScout.com is going to come up per capita. We have one of the highest crime rates in the nation, mm-hmm. in our little city, right here in Pennsylvania. Uh, and... With the way things are in our area, which is mostly poverty stricken, over 30 percent of our community is under the poverty line. You know, our wages are low. We have no industry, no high paying jobs uh, very close to the area, you know, for can uh, only having four or five police officers, and I've said this for years, these guys go out, they'll make the arrest, they'll do the work, they go to court, and everybody wants to blame the judge. And I want people to understand it's not the judge who makes these plea deals. It's your district attorney that makes these plea deals. Because the, the Commonwealth is always represented in every case by the district attorney or an assistant district attorney every plea deal has his stamp of approval on it. Every charge that's filed through his office has his stamp of approval on it. I mean, look what he just did to that poor lady up in that they accused of taking drugs into the prison. I mean, Holly Olvaney. I mean, you couldn't get, you didn't get her originally. So you got mad and you came back with a bunch of more charges and felonies. And you ran that lady's name through the mud and probably ruined her working career. I mean, realistically, even though she was found not guilty, and I'm glad she was found not guilty because it was 100% retaliation what happened there, um, ruined a a person's life, the rest of their life. They'll never be able to find a job because just the Internet lives forever. (laughs) And to have somebody, these people in office wearing these, and I support police, I do, but I support good police. Not these guys who want to take advantage of their badges and their offices and use them because maybe they got picked on in their life or, you know, listen, respect is earned, not given. You know, and, and these communities, uh, one overdose death is too much. Um, talk to any of the families that had somebody. I talked to a lot of families throughout the campaign, not just this campaign. The campaigns prior to where um, <clears throat> I had a, a mother one I crying for almost two hours. I sat in a house up on Bunker Hill uh, with a, with a woman who, um, within the last five years, buried her son and uh, due to drugs. Um, the person that sold them the drugs was was never arrested, never charged. Um, so uh, I mean, there's no justification. Um, cause one is too many. And I understand people say it's everywhere and I'm not worried about everywhere. I'm worried about here. I'm worried about my area where I'm raising my daughter, uh, where we all live, you know, that's what I'm worried about. And I wish he would come to work with our police and work with our departments, um, instead of constantly allowing these drug dealers to be free on the streets. Hey, I, and people say that about me about, you know, I was this, I was that um, I paid my debt. I paid it 10 times over. How much rehabilitation do you want? You know, this County spends millions of dollars in rehabilitation programs with drug court and DUI court. And then when you graduate, you get that little certificate. So does the court really believe that you're rehabilitated? Because obviously no. I didn't go through those programs, but 14 years of a, of a clean conviction record, uh I'll i mean take that over the is- four-year program any day
0: well pennsylvania in general and in, in northumberland county here i mean they'll sit there and they'll collect federal grant money and federal dollars and even state tax dollars to sit there and say we need like i said they stopped calling them prisons and they started calling them correctional facilities and they started sending people off to rehab now they're always talking about sending people off to rehab there's a there's a thing that I, I say. There's like I always say about drugs. I say drugs are not the problem. Drugs are the symptom, right? Well, people make a change after their consequences are are too much for them to bear, but they have to make a change within themselves. And some of them, some of them do pass away, and it's sad. And it's, but but look at the area we're living in. It's like they maybe they feel like there's no better way because no industry, like you said, is coming here. Nobody's got. There's no incentive for them to come here because. A lot of our legislators and stuff, they're not going to give them the tax breaks they need. They're not going to open up opportunity zones. They're not going to do anything like that. So we live in a depressed area. I mean, mentally and, and physically, you know, there's no. There's nowhere for anybody to turn. So if they do make a change and then you got somebody like yourself that did make a change, you made a change and you were promised if you made a change that you could be reintegrated back into society because that's the way they tell you. And then when you get reintegrated back into society and they actually see a change, the problem is, Joe, you couldn't be controlled. Right. You, you had you had in the nicest way I could say it that a mouth on you that they didn't want to hear because you were saying the things they were trying to keep quiet and you were saying them publicly before you were in office. So they were right. probably a little nervous about you being in office. So they pulled this ace, you know, that I mean, that, that does they go after anybody like that and this is just one of their weapons one of their many tools that they have to go after a candidate that is not going to play ball with them a candidate because you know people are making even though your guy is out there in smoking your political positions are volunteer you don't get paid for those i mean i guess there's a fee for going to meetings or something like that or but at the same time it's it it's like a full-time job that you're not being paid for
1: I was um, recovering from – right shortly after I got into office, um, I I had an injury with my left knee, which required me to have a meniscus surgery um, in February. Um, And then March, I had a hernia, umbilical hernia repair surgery done. Uh, So just being cleared from both of those, I had a lot of time when I was in office. I was up there. I gave full time to the position – that's what you need. Like I was up there every day. Richard Ulrich was up there every day, you know, and, and not to down talk others that are there, but why do you run? Why do you want to be there to say, look, I'm this, I'm that. that that's, that's not what it's for. In order for somebody to actually be able to turn this ship around, you need to dedicate, you need to dedicate time. Um, and I understand people work and uh, things of that nature. But if, if you're going to run for these offices, have the time. So make the difference. Don't talk about it during an election. Don't talk about it, you know, for a campaign mouthpiece or a soundbite. Do it. You well, know, what
0: I, put the work in. Well, that's what I was saying about, like, all these people will sit there and tell you, like, oh, they feel sad. You know, they should. Help drug addicts and things like that. But as soon as you say that these same people that'll say, help them, send them to rehab, as soon as they do go to rehab, as soon as they do make a change, they're the same people that are like, well, he's a criminal or he's a junkie or this. You know, everyday Americans commit crimes every single day and they don't even know it because there's so many crimes on the book. There's so many laws on the book that nobody even knows. They just haven't gotten caught for them yet or nobody pursued them. But they don't right. want to see change. They don't want to. They want to promote change they want to get the money for change they want to feel virtuous when they're talking about change they like the virtue signal all over the place but when it comes down to what do you mean they're going to be in charge of what happens like in taxes or the streets clean or you know of any kind of new legislation going through or any policies that are going to go through from trash cans to parking meters to uh cleanups to anything i mean i know you personally were involved in a lot of community actions that actually the city wasn't even involved in before you even became in office. Isn't that true? Yeah,
1: we did um, even even before the campaign. But even to say, and it was just kind of the way it fell. I didn't do it for campaign purposes. But when you are when you are um, in a political race, you you want to make known the good that you do um, because my situation, all people wanted to see or talk about was, I should say all people, um, the naysayers, you know, the, the, the people who were driving negative uh, nonsense with the background. And I mean, for real people, it was old news to people. Like when it first came out, people thought, Oh my God, this guy, we can't have that. And then people always assume that till they get to know me, but you, you go and you, and you keep going and you keep going and, and you get to meet people, talk with people. And, I mean, people wanted a change. they they wanted it. they they voted for it in in 19. They voted for it in 20. They voted for it in 21. The thing that really bothers me is with so much questions going in or after what happened in 2020, Pennsylvania being the biggest one. I, I'll tell you, I, I don't know how that happened, how you know, and there's even people right now you know running for, senate offices and and governor offices and who you know blame the mail-in ballot system well you find me and i'm a republican but you find me a republican in pennsylvania that voted against that because there wasn't any all re-elected republicans there voted for act 77 so they, they can't come out here and say well that you supported it you know we had a, a system in place already for um Mail-in balloting with, you know, uh, whether you were military or you were outside the area or you were sickly or and you wouldn't be able to make it to the poll. We had all that. There was no reason for this. No excuse mail-in balloting, which uh, I believe 100 percent caused a ton of fraud in Pennsylvania. Um, And then so people brought into question the 2020 election. And then you go fast forward to 2021, and the same thing happened. But this time, it was a free and fair election. It was certified correctly and accordingly at the local county, state level. Um, they'll never be able to take that away. So regardless whether you know Joe's there, Joe's not there, Joe set out a goal six years ago and then that was to serve in my community and it took me a couple tries and i could have quit like most do they run they get defeated they don't come back or kept. i kept pounding the pavements and kept working on myself and And
0: i i i I understand that you're you did work very hard you did go with this and i if it doesn't work out with you i hope you continue to be um, uh, an upstanding member of the community, like like I said before, you were on a personal basis. You were doing uh, cookouts, you handouts, you helped out with uh, uh, the the community cupboard that they have down there for the donation. Yep, have we you? donated
1: the community cupboard, and uh, then uh, did the school supply giveaway out at the school with Family Ties Trusting Foundation. Um, haircuts. So, yeah, free. They gave free hair over two hundred free haircuts. We had uh, barbers. Lined up there giving uh, boys' cuts. Trends by Lisa was doing the female cuts. Um, I mean, it, we gave out hundreds of, of you know, backpacks, supplies. Um, the kids were ready. They looked fresh for school. Um, and people were so – I fed them. I was outside cooking all day um, and uh, fed them. I didn't care if you were the student, the adult, whoever, somebody going by – uh, we had a couple people bring, you know, come out with um, caretakers, with, um, you know, people that they take care of. And, you know, I fed them, too. I don't turn anybody away. Um, it, it, I love doing those things. And that's that's the kind of stuff that we need um, in the community. You see it all the time. It's a total shame. I just want to say this. It's a total shame what's going on down there at that community cupboard. You know, friends of mine put a lot of hard work and a lot of time into building that and putting everything together um, and to see people down there destroying it and breaking into it is shameful. I mean, the the things open all the time. It's always filled with food. There's no need to break it. There's no need to bust it apart. Why? Why would you do something like that? Why would you do something like that? I, I don't understand. The mentality of some people, these are the things that I say at the county level, um, as far as making arrests, these are things that our county's got to get tough on. If we truly want to rid this area, of. and I understand crime's always going to happen and this and that, but if we truly want to rid this area of the crime that we see, we got to make it tough for people like that to exist here. That's the oh. only way that you're going to be able to, to clear this out. If you continue to slap them on the wrists, listen, man, I didn't learn my lesson till till I got myself in trouble. That's when I learned my lesson because who knows, had I not gotten gotten in trouble, I could have been a statistic. I could have been dead. You know, I could have been in prison. I, I could have been anywhere, but not where I'm at today. And I, I think that that's, Hey, that's part of my story. That's part of my stamp on life and you, everybody makes mistakes and the only way to truly correct yourself um, is to learn from them um, and people learn in different ways. And that was my, my debt paid. And, you know, I, I pay back constantly and I don't mind doing it. There's a lot of,
0: I mean, even when people that, that traveled a rough road like you have or people that have even rough with a rougher road, I mean, they, some of them have, better heart to more gratitude or more upstanding and honest people than the people that we do have in offices and like I said with you doing all that thing that that's called part of being in a community it's just you had a louder voice than everybody and everybody uh, your voice resonated with people and and you were bringing them together but like I said it doesn't have to stop If you do I would like to see you fight and like I said before set a precedent for the next person that's in your in your shoes. I mean, look at the, the, was that the mayor of York? How can one judge rule on a case on the same exact thing and another judge do the exact opposite? It should have set a precedent right there, but there's going to be more people that are going to come along and things have to change. It, it has to change. Like I said, because if the, if your peers vote you in, like I said earlier, I don't care if it's a murderer, if they, if they know about it, if it's an ex murderer, if they change and they truly made a change, people will see that. I mean, look how long it took them to see your change, and then they got.
1: If you are able. my My belief is this: one hundred percent. If you are able to walk into a board of elections, and I'm, I just want to be clear on something. Our board of elections here in Northumberland County, they're fantastic. Nate and Lindsay are they do a great job with that office, and they have nothing to do with any of the situation going on. They did their jobs. They did them correctly. But if you are able to go into a board of elections office and grab petitions and be known that you are the candidate and go out, obtain signatures from your party, which was 100 Republicans I had to get in the, that were registered in the city of Shemokin, um, and then be able to to hand it in, become certified when they certify the signatures, and become a person on the ballot. If you are on a ballot and you qualified for the ballot, there's no crime for me qualifying for the ballot. There was no crime for me running. There was no crime, and it was clear, it was covered even the DA said himself, there was no crime for me taking office. Why is there a removal process afterward? If I wasn't allowed to hold, they should have stopped it from the beginning. They shouldn't allow voters to go out and believe that their vote's going to count and then come to find out afterward, no, your vote doesn't count. And it, it wasn't even a guy from here who did it. It wasn't even a person from Shemokin who decided to file a complaint or with the DA or, well, he always claims he's not allowed to talk about anything, but that's usually the excuse to say, I'm doing what I want, but we're going to leave the mystery there. But well, they, uh... a, man, a guy from Mount Carmel, you know, filed to, to kick out a duly elected council person from Shimokin, and then a judge who lives in Northumberland made the decision and removed that. You changed the outcome of an election, and you did it. You undermined everybody's vote here. I you. I don't understand how. Maybe that's what we need to start doing here with this guy. I mean, like I said, all these all these plea deals he makes where he's allowing our communities to continue to go to ruin, you know, um, maybe we need to start looking at the county level here. To, t- we got to make change. There's got to be an attorney out there listening or thinking about it. I mean, we got to get somebody in there that's that's going to be tough on crime here or where these communities are going to continue to be ridden with drugs um, to be, you know, ran down um, because it's, it's almost like the wild West. I mean, there's no, there's no law and order anymore. There's, there's no, there's no justice when it comes to people are, are dying here over drugs and, People who are selling the drugs aren't being held accountable. Families are grieving. People are burying their their sons, their daughters, their brothers, their sisters. Their kids are growing up without parents or in foster homes. Where's this guy's empathy? Where's this guy's remorse?
0: If he even sees it, because he is the district attorney. So he does see it because he sees everybody has to come to his courtroom. And I'm sure he gets calls about it. But what I see is that what they did to you. Is is telling the people that well you can you can vote for whoever you want, but we get to choose who you elect.
1: And which and is that's- totally wrong. And that's not the process. And that's that's not the process in, in any election code here. They they like I said, they did it to totally undermine the voters. And it, it was I would hope that the people who even people who didn't support me but support or didn't vote for me that people who support free and fair elections remember this next year because how are we going to continue to allow somebody in office to pick and choose who serves in our municipal seats? And, uh, you know, I I, I was thinking, you know, touching out your way um, with the recent election, isn't it funny how they wait till the guy gets in and then they want to, you know, come up with these, with these charges. So there's another one that the guy can go and try to throw out. I mean, it's ridiculous. You you notice how it's all the people that were their buddies that were in for years that are now getting at the polls, all the politicians, all the regular names that have been there for 10, 20, 30 years, they're all starting to lose now all across the way because people are sick of the nonsense. They see the communities continuing to fail. Why would you put the same people in? There's another, all these new people are winning. And this guy's taking the shots at him to, to throw them all out. I mean, it's, it's crazy. That's why the He's people are not take him out. Yeah, absolutely. And the only reason he switched to Republican, let me tell you how this worked. So he ran as a Democrat and he was a Democrat his whole life. And he ran as a Democrat in, what is it, 23, 19. 20, 2015, he ran as a Democrat, which is what he was, and he was in the primary with um, Ann Targonsky, who was the incumbent DA at the time. He lost his own primary to Ann, and but had more Republican writings than she did. So he came back as a Republican on the general te- on the general election ballot versus her again and ended up beating her. Didn't switch until January of 2019 to Republican because of the the Trump wave you had there of people leaving, you know, all different parties to go Republican support Trump. Um, this county was heavy Trump um, statistically. So you have all these people have switched over and at that point it was ten thousand plus Republicans in the county. So January of twenty nineteen, before he ran, um he switched to Republican and you know, kind of scared off other people who were coming in uh were thinking about coming in to challenge him. But I mean, this this guy's record's been so poor um over the last seven years. I mean, the, just on record alone, I don't know how he can win a win an election with somebody uh, opposing him on the ballot. I don't care Republican, Democrat, Independent. He's no Republican. He doesn't hold Republican values. He doesn't hold values. Period. When you're willing to undermine voters the way he did and the the way he went about the process, um, there should be no place. There should be no place for. Uh, this guy to, to continue to take any more of the people's tax money. It's time for him to go.
0: Well, I mean, there's a with his election coming up, there's a lot more elections. And it seems like maybe most people just vote for him because they don't know if there's any other options out there because well, the more money gets behind somebody, the more their voice gets out there. And then they just see the the commercials on TV. They hear them on radio and, you know, they'll hear about I mean, they how many people know that you know madalavage you know supported uh josh shapiro who is uh who is uh, absolutely
1: supported governor wolf um Mm -hmm. how, how can you i mean he's so abrasive about it too he brags in the newspaper around election times that you know he hasn't spent a dollar of his um earnings since he's been district attorney so just think like to the people here like there he's got over a million dollars sitting in the bank if that's true what he says is true who knows if it's true or not you don't know what to believe with that guy but i mean the guy says he never spent a dollar of his money since he's been the da any of his you know money he's earned so there's the guy said a spoiled little rich kid you know banking on money how many people in this county does he really can he really communicate with i mean how how many can he level with um, not too many. Um, you know, that's the, I'm better than you. I'm on a pedestal and I don't care what the people of shimokin said. I don't care what, what people wanted there. I'm going to tell you who's going to be there and who's not. And how's that right to the people here? It's well, disgusting.
0: I mean, if, even if you, if you appeal this, if you don't appeal it, if you win it when you appeal it or not, the problem therein lies even in the law to be there to be interpreted the way they used it against you. And I think people need to get out there and start um, actually listening to some of these candidates and finding out what they're all about. Um, there's a lot of candidates out there that are running for Senate, that are running for state representatives, that are running for local representatives that are they're they are running for these and people are only voting for the names because they keep repeating the names on the radios or sometimes it'll come on your favorite TV show or in your ads and your YouTube ads talking about this person all the time and then it's just that's the name that's at the forefront of your of your brain when you go into the voting station but there is many other options out there and these are the people that make the laws in pennsylvania these are the ones like um like you mentioned about act 77 which i i have a feeling that it was made it was meant for something better and then maybe got hijacked by uh, especially by wolf and shapiro because they added a whole bunch of things and went around a bunch of things and went right to judges and not the legislature during the 2020 right. election, and they they did a lot of things. Now, somebody that was a, a co—let uh, me say a supporter of the uh, Act 77 was uh, that Mastriano, Doug Mastriano, that's running for governor right now, right? And he he is now against it because of the same thing. They feels like they hijacked it, so they don't even want it on the books anymore, so they can't do it again. But these are kind of people because you got Lou Barletto out there, you got Doug Mastriano, you got. Uh, I mean, like for running lieutenant governor, you have a whole bunch of different people. I got another interview coming up next Friday with one of them. There's a lot in the pool and nobody's paying attention. They're only hearing one name or the other. But these are the people that make your laws because in Pennsylvania, not only does it have a law have to be passed through the, the House and the Senate here in Pennsylvania, it also has to be voted on by the people after they pass and write it all up. It has to be passed for two years. Then on the second year, it has to be voted on. By the people and these people that co-author and author these laws are the people you're voting in this year in 2022 so these are these local elections these state elections are very important plus they're the ones that are going to senate they're the ones that are going down to congress and and in washington dc a lot of them and and people will sit there and complain but when it comes time to act you know they they the the ballot box is not somewhere to virtue signal and ballot box like there's there's a lot of things that can be done if your vote counts like i said these bright legislators get in you start going to your congressman they start asking about these laws and start getting them abolished off the books because you should be judged by your peers what i was saying was that the forefathers when they wrote these things did not did not intend for them to be used to be to take people out of office they were. For people' investment, they didn't want crooks stealing things, and then they didn't want like crooked people that were known for stealing or embezzling or you know certain certain crimes like that. Or it- they didn't want those. It wasn't to make you know to take away the person that people voted for.
1: So I don't. Right. it was to keep thieves out of office and keep people f- keep individuals who committed certain cr- untrustworthy people. That's where you get the definition of crime and falsy which is mentioned in that article two, section seven, which is means it's a crime of distrust, you know, stealing, um, thieving, laundering. They didn't want people steal collecting people's money and stealing it or using it to their own benefits. Um, that's what the intent was. There was no, there, there was no intent of, you know, what I did or half the, crime now wasn't the intent of it, but you know what it is though, Mike, we don't, some a lot of people don't see the interpretation the same way we do. And that's that's the problem with the gray areas in this stuff. You're you're never gonna be able to write law to exactly one hundred percent nail it down, but um, that's why you have judges to interpret. But I guess it comes down to, to the ideology in the brain of what you what you feel the interpretation of that law is, and like I said, this DA totally used it to his advantage. So it, it was a personal shot to me. Um, and it, it was a big shot in the arm to the city of Shemokin.
0: I mean, you brought, um, up, and- you brought up about the, the election of 2020. And if you saw there was so much evidence of certain things going on, but no judges wanted to touch it. Why? Because judges should not be able to, should not be able to uh, avert the, the will of the people. If that was the will of the people, do you understand like, They didn't want to touch it for that fact, a lot of them. Now, some of them were because they were liberal or progressive judges, I should say, not liberal, progressives, because the backtrack here is uh, the liberals, when I say liberals, are like the old school liberals, you know, the ones that may not like what you have to say, but would die for your right to say it kind of liberals. But the progressives are the ones changing our country like this. But a lot of those judges didn't want to touch it for that same reason. So why do our judges? Because we're local, because we're a little community. Because Northumberland County, because we're the forgotten thing around here. You know, like even the representatives that we vote for. Joe, you know, even the representatives that we vote for, state representatives, senator, they don't care. They don't care about us. How many times I just wrote an email to our senator telling him that you need to look into we got a, we got a local elementary school here, right? The hills around oh, it. No problem JC. no, Gordner. Uh okay. John, John R. Gordner is a senator for our area, right? Right. Um, the roads around our elementary school are horrible. Now, by law, you have to take your kid to school. It is a law for you to take them to school. We pay taxes for the school. We pay property taxes for the school. We pay personal taxes for the school. We pay local taxes for the school, for the roads, right? I told him right. that we applied for a grant in our township and... It's been in limbo for about two years. Well, the road keeps getting worse and worse and worse. People's cars keep getting banged up. People keep falling. It's going to take till somebody ends up suing the school because of falling on the road or suing the township. We applied for a grant. So I sent, to the, I sent him an email, and we'll see if he replies. See if he cares anything about the people that put him in office, right? I said, my next step is to go to the mainstream media about this. And then, then you put these little towns on the map. Because that people, you know, people pay attention to that kind of stuff. When they're like, oh, what do you mean? Like, this is happening here. I give them a chance. I'll give them a chance. Him, uh, I'll give Kurt Mosser a chance. Or Tanny, whoever's going to be running in there. I give them all a chance. I'll even ask for representatives out of our area. But the point is, people change. They get in office. They just, like you said before, they gave lip service and didn't do anything. While you, on the other hand, were doing things before you got into office still doing it after out of office and yet they wanted to remove you even though people put you there.
1: I could see if while I was in office, I did something (laughs) wrong or, you know, made up of the very unpopular decision. But even that, like the people here trusted me enough, knowing my background, knowing my past, seeing the work put into being a better person and bettering the community. Still voted me in, and for one, for two guys, one guy to file and another guy to, you know, take me out. Yeah, nobody,
0: nobody else had a say in it. That's the problem with it. They're, and they're, they're,
1: my my fear is nobody's going to have a say in who sits in this seat. Now there's um there's a um, and I'm not going to go into detail, but there's if you've noticed from the Shimokan City Council, there's there's been like the people of Shemokin are are guaranteed by our code to be represented by five people notice at the last meeting, you saw three people sitting up there. And then the, the month before my last month there, there was only four of us there. And there's been a council person missing for the last two months. And uh, it's not my business to say, but um, I wonder when they're going to come forth forward to the public um, about that situation. Um that's the thing. Everybody gets into this and nobody
0: seems to care. You get somebody like you that does care and they they can't stand it. And then you got in there with somebody else who you thought cared, somebody else that was right there with you running the same campaign with you, talking about it's time for a change. And then when it came time, I mean, I I guess it's between a rock and a hard place, but you should always stand, you know, have a backbone. You're gonna if you're gonna be in a in a higher position, you need to have a backbone need to keep your promises or were they really promises or were they were just to help, you know, boost up the the campaign because you, you had a large, that's
1: the only thing. And that's the only reason why I'm saying what I say on social media, um, people like I have no ill will toward Mr. Ulrich. Um, but there is, there is a little bit of differences here right now. And that's based on, Let's see if you keep your word. You told all these people here who voted for you, and you told all these people here that voted for me, and I told these people here that it was time for a change, and they agreed. And he's who they wanted, and I'm who they wanted. So we need to honor the people. I'll be honest with you. If, If the shoe was on the other foot, I would have had a um, a paper, uh, um, a notification sent over to the paper the same day by the end of the week, he would have been back in. I would have did what I had to do to upkeep my word to the people here, um, to the people. And I mean, we appointed a councilwoman. You would think at this point you only need two votes. What's the well, problem? Nobody well, the, Out of the three of them, nobody can come to an agreement. You know, like there's, there's been a- no not no public discussion at all. But votes were clearly taken behind closed doors. I did um speak to uh, Bill Milbrand, uh, former mayor Milbrand, actually before I and my wife put our applications in or our letters in to the council, he guaranteed he had the votes and he was talking about things he wants to pass. That see, this is all this is not transparency. This is not, and it, I'm not doing this just to shoot my mouth off, but you ran on principles. You ran, are, are you saying you lied to every voter here in Shimokan? Are, are you lying to a person you considered a friend? Listen, I I'm not, I wasn't in this business to make friends. I was in here to get people in that, that believe and, and we're going to be good for this community. I just find it difficult that people have a problem keeping their word once they're in there because too many people are in their ears. That's, that's the problem. Everybody wants something different, but I, I can't imagine that two of the three there cannot agree on, on a person going in there. I I just, I don't, I don't believe it. And that's why I'm saying, I, I think too many people were promised the position. And that's why, um, In eight days, it'll be, you know, there's a process they have to follow. Let's see if they figure it out. I'm not going to do their work for them because I'm going to be watching this situation closely. Um, And if I get any whiff or any wind of of any foul play, um, there's already been. So we know that to be true. There will be lawsuits filed. I mean, I kind of feel like
0: you already – like these – I already feel like these deals were being made before you even had your day in court.
1: Absolutely, they were.
0: And I feel like even even if Ulrich, right, even if he wanted to do the right thing and he, for some reason, can't, right, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt for a second. The bottom line at the end of the day is people need to be talking to their congressmen, need to be voting the right way, and need to be actually out there standing up and making voices heard and to change these kind of things. You need to bring these things up because everybody right now is running on the border or Russia or whatever the hell
1: else the mainstream media to be is honest, talking Luis, about. Stuff that stuff that doesn't affect us period. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're running on stuff that is worldwide national you know focus on these communities that's, that's, these are, we're the areas that need the help, you know, yeah. if you, you represent us and that's the same thing there. Like now me being on the outside and not being in, like these people need to understand I'm back in that mode now where, listen, pal, you represent us. They work and, for us. They're not leaders. Right, <laughs> right. Don't be afraid to dodge a meeting. Don't be afraid to pick up the phone. Like, I haven't heard from anybody up there um, since March 30th. Well, they don't want to associate
0: with you right now because they don't want to show everybody that they're in a rock and a hard place. But but look at all these people that are running on Trump's coattail, right? They're all running mm-hmm. on Trump's coattail. And we can all tell who's, who's actually speaking the message and who's actually just parroting the message, right? But there's everybody talking about election integrity and stuff. Why don't we pull the coattails of some of these gubernatorial... Candidates, the governor candidates, the senator candidates, the ones that go to Washington to vote, the ones that make the laws here. Like we look at Governor Desantis down in in Florida. If we could get a governor like that, that he's like he's like a no bullshit kind of thing. It's not. It's like this right. is my state. This is our state. I don't care what's going on in the world around. This is our state. And and look at look at our state. Think about this. We're one of the leading energy producers in the country. And we don't use it. We have the third highest tax on gas in the country. But well, we're the lead, one of the leading energy producers. Does that make any sense? No. And what are these taxes? The gas tax is supposed to go towards the roads. Have you seen the roads? They're horrible. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. And nobody, nobody's saying anything about this. They're too worried about Ukraine or the border. I get the border. The border's messing everybody up. I could give a crap about Ukraine. Yes, the people are suffering. I get it. Everybody says humanitarian crisis. Okay, it's a war. Yes, it's humanitarian crisis. We have a humanitarian crisis right here in the United States when they can sit there and send $15 billion to Ukraine, but we still got homeless veterans.
1: I got that. I got that from a couple people on on the highway collection. Um, that I helped organize. Um, you did it for kids though. You did it for orphanages, right? I'm not talking, you know, some of the, I mean, a lot of the, uh, I, I haven't, I've been so consumed with local issues for the last couple years. Um, once in a while I'll, I'll tamper with, um, you know, national politics or world politics, but I try to remain local. that That's the same thing with voting too. You ever talk to somebody and they say, Oh, I only vote for president. Like why? What well, does that why? matter? That is honestly like, I get it. But to a person like me, who's grounded grassroots to me, that's the least important election that you should be voting in your municipals, your townships, your, your cities, your boroughs, those are the most important elections you can vote in because those are the people who are setting your tax rates. Those are the people who are fixing your roads. They're the ones enforcing your quality of life, um, the laws in your municipality, um, who works in your municipality. Then you you get to those other, other races like your Senate, your Congress, your House reps, um, things like that. Those they and a lot of those um, work hand in hand with each other, um, but you you got to vote at the local level. But the, here's you look at what happened here in Shibokan and how many times are you going to go to a voter who's disgusted with the process and say to people who are going to say. Oh, I don't want to, my vote don't count. I'm not voting anymore. You know how many people came to me since I was removed and said, Oh, I'm not voting anymore. I registered to vote. It was my first time voting and my vote didn't count. How do you get them people back in the game? How do you get them back into the vote? I mean, you're, you're ripping these people away and you're taking their votes. It's almost like he purposely wants to crash the system. I mean, that's what happened you know, in 2020 too. That's, well, yeah. Look at twenty twenty. So when you had that, you know, the Act seventy seven takeover with the three days late, ballots. If you look at the way that was that was leading out, um, Trump was up on Joe Biden by over seven hundred thousand votes. Um, More than that, Heather Heidel, yeah, Heather Heidelbach for Attorney General was f- almost four hundred thousand up over Josh Shapiro, and then you had um, Timothy DeFore for Auditor General, Republican, winning his race, Stacey Garrity, for State Treasurer, winning her race, Republican. All four Republicans were ahead at the end of the night. Well, mm-hmm. in the next coming days, the only two races that flipped with all the ballots that came in from Philadelphia was the presidential race and the attorney general's race. Why? Why did it not flip? So you mean to tell me in all those mail-in ballots... The people there, that, that they didn't vote in their... They voted for just Joe Biden and Josh Shapiro. But they didn't vote for the Democrat for Treasurer. They didn't vote for the Democrat for Auditor General. It only affected the two big races. Why? Because they needed Josh Shapiro in this race to run for governor. That's that's exactly... You, you couldn't have a guy come in to lose. Come in and run for governor. It would have never happened. Well, I'll tell you what, that's exactly why I...
0: I mean, I try to do what I do. You know, I, I mean, I talk a lot about the coal region and stuff because, you know, I mean, the name of the show and the name of the channel is coal region discontent. Although I did have somebody question the other day when I post something that's national and they're asked, I thought it was about the coal region. But anyway, I I try to get voices out there. I try to get your voice. I try to draw attention to something like this. Like nobody else is paying attention. You had WNEP, Fox 56, of course, the news item. They all ran a whole 30 seconds. Councilman gets removed. And if anybody were to ask, well, he, you know, he was a criminal. And they're like, oh, my God, a, cr- a criminal? Because they've seen TV, which is what – and YouTube movies and things like that, that that shape everybody's mind to believe that as soon as you say criminal, it's this guy that's, you know, gutting people and hanging them from trees, you know? Like, like oh, this criminal is going to come take your children at night. And that, that that's the way they look at the average people you know, the ones that are up there on their cloud that have never done anything ever wrong that they'll admit to. So, but I try to do this. I'm trying, and like I said, I'm trying to draw attention. You have something you have going on. You said three hours away. You said that's in Potter County for the same situation. And a lot of people won't show support, but they'll show support, like you said, for the president. Or they'll show support for... I don't even know, like uh, maybe a governor, but the people on the local things, like your mayors of your town, your senators, your local state representatives, your township supervisors, nobody will rally around them. Like they just like a lot of like you said before, a lot of people in your town just ran on their name because they've been in office so long. People just recognize the name and they vote for them. They're like, oh, well, things are just so great around here. I guess we should keep them in instead of making making changes. Because if the same people keep getting in, you're going to get the same results. I mean, it is the definition of insanity.
1: It, it absolutely is. And it took, listen, it, it took, it took me a couple of times because, you know, coming in as a new, new person into politics at my first race, I was 32 years old when I ran for mayor, um you know, people didn't know me compared to the other names on the ballot, you know, Milbrand Brown, um, people who had years ahead of me, you know, in the community. Um, but I mean, I, I grind, I grind and I, and I grind and I don't stop. And so I truly care about my community and I truly care about the, where we live and how we live and what we're living around. And
0: I mean, well, behind closed doors. I mean, I can imagine, like when you were running for mayor, or even when you're running for council. There's probably with even with Matt talk like, well, this guy didn't earn his spot. You know, this guy hasn't been there as long as we have doing all this stuff, and they get this sense of entitlement, which is what we got with a lot with this generation and the generation below us. It's like they deserve something that, not that's not the way it
1: works. Like you There's don't. There's no race. There's no race that should be left on a ballot uncontested. I'm sorry that there's, I don't believe in that. Um, I I wasn't, I wasn't going to run in 19 for city council, but there was two Republicans on the ballot, which would have put them through um, to the general. Um, So that's kind of why there was no opposition in the primary. That's why I jumped in. Now I had no opposition this time, which I was surprised. um, I usually, when I run for office, I come out early and usually the, the box gets stacked, you know, with candidates. This time, you know, um, people came people came out whenever I was kind of decided last minute on what I wanted to do um, because I was receiving calls from higher-ups to run against Seidel for mayor. And, and with that fiasco there, I, I didn't want anything to do with that race. Um, <laughs> and, you know, just because the simple fact that I, I knew – on the bogus allegations she made against me were um, never going to be settled by November. So you couldn't really campaign. If I got in that race, you couldn't say anything, you know, because they would interpret it as something different. And next thing, you know, there's trouble and it would have been, I mean, but the self-destruction there is what happened and that that's why you had the results you did. Um, But it was, you know, I focused on, on myself um, and I was attacked by her constantly in my campaign and I wasn't even in her race. And, you know, but I I paid it no mind and continued to do positive and that's what it's all about. And like being in office, I, I felt no different. I didn't, you know, look down on nobody or talk to people like there were no, I mean, people would come up to city hall. Hey, Joe, can you get this? I get on the phone with Kevin from the street department or one of the other guys and say, Hey, can you take care of this? And most of the time within an hour to the problem would be taken care of. People were grateful I was there because I, I was helping people every day. And even through Facebook, getting messages, you know, with code complaints, I'd, I'd forward them to, to Dave Reed, and Dave would go out and take care of them. There'd be times where Dave had to go out in the streets. I'd sit there in the code office and answer phones. Um, I helped Brenda Scandal with things from the tax office, you know, updating tax lists. Um, Of people who live in the city, so I mean, I I had a good working relationship with everybody there, and I helped other departments. That's what it's about. That's what that's the attention that needs to happen in order to change this around. Because if if you're going to get a if you're going to get a part time if you're going to get a part time person in there, there's no sense in having them. And some of those people that put in for that position um, haven't been on a ballot. Some of them never in their life or you know or have been on ballots and and lost or ran because or didn't run because of whatever circumstances but what really irks me is they'll want to walk into the job where you don't have to put the effort in. You don't have to go out and get the signatures. You don't have to and that's the thing. You can't get eight people to run you know in an election, but you can get eight people to go and take a seat handed it out. It it's it, it well, bothers it really eight, bothers that's How it is, this whole world anymore? Everybody
0: wants handouts, nobody wants to work for it. People that work for it get uh they get uh chastised for work. About it. there's always something somebody has to say about somebody that's trying to work, but we're getting we're getting pretty down into the over the hour mark here. So, uh, I know that you went into all of us caring, and Joe, Joe, if you have something to, to say to the people here, because oh, and by the way, you can always find us on uh. At Coal Region Discontent on uh, Rumble.com, YouTube.com, Facebook.com, here on Anchor.fm/slash Region Discontent, and we're also on Getter at uh, CR Discontent. Now on Gab.com, but uh, Mr. Letinsky, if you would like to say any final words to the people about maybe the elections, maybe about how you're feeling about the situation, anything, uh, I will let you have this final
1: thought. I just want to tell people: don't stop voting, keep fighting. Be vocal, fight for what you believe in. Don't be afraid to speak up. Don't fear retaliation. Um, stand up for what you believe in. That's what my message has been from day one. Um, whether it was in politics or, or just an average Joe talking to another person, you got to you gotta stand up to make change. You can't sit around. You, you got to vote. You got to believe in the system, even though they're trying to take, if we do not get out and vote, they win. We submit, we lose everything. We cannot continue to allow these liberal-minded people to overtake our elections, continue to destroy our communities. We have to make change. And the only way to do that is to get good people to run for office and get out and vote for them and support them. Don't be afraid to do it. This is, these are the most important times of our lives coming up here. There's a lot on the ballots. In in 22 here with the governor's race, Um, you you remember what happened with during COVID, you know, with people who lost their livelihoods, with their jobs, their businesses. We can't allow that to happen for another four to possible eight years. You have Senate races that are on the ballot. You got to get out and vote for them. If if, If we continue to stay home and don't vote and we will submit. Everything that would that our forefathers and every and those people fought for um, with our constitution with our rights, um, we will submit and forfeit that um, to the radicals, and we can't do that. We got to We got to continue to vote. Have faith. Uh, don't worry. This won't be the last time you'll hear from me. And uh, I'm going to break some news here. Uh, More than likely, we'll be back on the ballot in 23, uh, running for my final two years of my seat, um, regardless of the situation. Um, I intend on defending the seat in 2023, and I will run for the two-year term. The remaining two years of a seat that was rightfully earned by myself and the voters here in Shimokan. I will continue to carry out their will and I'll continue to do good and work in a positive manner to make our area a better place, whether politicians like it or not, that's all right because they need to remember they work for us. We don't work for them.
0: Absolutely. And we'd like to thank uh, Mr. Lashinsky. We'd like to thank you for uh, coming on hopefully you'll come back again. And I will Absolutely. try to get some...
1: Thank you for, thank you for having me. Uh, I, I enjoy, um, off the cuff interviews, I enjoy talking to you. Um, and, uh, I, I'm glad that people are going to listen in and, and follow through and, and, and hear what we have to say. So, um, I'm thankful for the opportunity that you give me, uh, to speak. Um, and we'll see where we go from here. Sky's the limit. I guess we're, we're knocked down right now, but we get right back up and we keep fighting and keeping us down. Coal region, coal region proud right here, man. So and these people here, we know how to fight and that's what we're going to continue to do. And Hey, we'll get to that ballot box. And I believe I have faith that this year and next year, um, the people of this state are going to come out in drones for change. And that's exactly what we're going to get.
0: There's something different in the water around here, but all right. Well, thank (laughs) you. Uh, Thank you, Mr. Lashinsky, and we hope to have you back. And like remember to like and follow this the podcast if you put it in your favorites and share with your friends. You help get the voices out there. And we'll see you again, Joe. All right, we'll catch you later.